This is Brayden and Tally with the Voice of My Beloved podcast. Uh, we took a little break over the past couple weeks. We took a we took a vac- vacation. It's a spontaneous vacation. Spontaneous <laughs> last minute vacation. We went out. We had a great time actually. We went out to Colorado to be with my sister, who's married to Brayden's brother, and their sweet family that we have not seen in way too long. So we had a great time. My whole family was out there. And uh, that was, it was really special. So, But we are sorry that we have not been paying attention to our pod. We have been neglecting our podcast listeners for the past couple weeks. Yeah, so just to explain, so we've got a baby coming up end of August. And yeah. we're just thinking, when's the time that we can actually get out there? We wanted to see Caleb. He's got a new place out there. I wanted to help him out in that. Yeah. And so just thinking, when is the time frame that we can actually do that? So we started you know, trying to look over the next couple months. Year. Year, yeah. I mean, by the time we calculate it, we don't want to go to Colorado in the winter because they got ice all over the roads. And it's no, like, you know you. what? We just we just need to go out there. Let's go out there right now. So we just <laughs> two I, we, days later. Do we both tend to be kind of like just random like that, or am I more like that than you? Maybe? You're a little more like that. <laughs> <Okay>. I <think>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But we had a good. I'm willing time. to go with it because it was lots of fun. Yeah, <laughs> I was glad. I was glad that we got to go. Yeah. So we're back and we're hopping into our. Uh, all of our things here. Um, we have two events coming up, so that's a, a bit of a busyness around here. We've got uh, a family William from O'Levy. William O'Levy, a family from Sudan does work over in Africa. Uh, they're going to be coming in for the weekend in the middle of July, July 17th, uh, that weekend there. And just on that note too, today, the 29th of June, today we're recording the podcast, is actually the persecuted church day, day of the huh. martyr. Yeah. And so yeah. I, it's just been in my heart for a while to actually want to hear from these people in person. I know for the yeah. few times I have heard from persecuted believers, it's been really inspiring. So I want to have this campus once a year, is my heart, to mm-hmm. host someone. And this brother that's coming out and his family is, it really falls in that category of mm-hmm. people that have suffered for their faith. And so we're going to have them out and really looking forward to hearing from them. We just get too comfortable here in the West. Yep. And I'm just super inspired by these believers that are really paying a price for the name of Yeshua. Yeah. And so really uh, looking forward to this time coming up here in July. Yeah, yeah. And, I, you know, we want to be a blessing to them. But I think ultimately this is something that we as part of the uh, the Western church, I think we need. We need a connection uh, with with the people that are going over there, laying down their lives, uh, going into dangerous places uh, to really to see um, to see the vision that Yeshua laid out for us being fishers of men, going out into all the nations. And so, yeah, so uh, we're super excited. We're super excited to, to see the, um, to get to know this family. So that's in the middle of July there. And then at the end of July, I believe it starts July 31st, we have Nancy and Colin coming, the Campbells, who have been an amazing blessing to our family. They're coming to do a family camp. Uh, so we're taking in res- registrations for that and getting, getting excited about what's all going to happen here in July. It's going to be good. 
Yes. So, yeah, go to loveandpurity.com to find out more information on on those things. So, uh, so now we're going to be going into our study here, Song of Solomon. Uh, we're excited to get back into this. We've been missing the Song of Solomon, haven't we? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Every time I get into studying it again, I'm like, oh man, this is so rich. Yeah. And so uh, pray you're blessed today as we jump into this study. So we're in verse 14 of chapter two. Starts off, oh my dove, in the clefts of the rock, in the secret places of the cliff, let me see your face, let me hear your voice, for your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. So this is the bridegroom speaking here. He's calling forth the bride. Just, it's a real beautiful passage here. I love this passage in the Song of Songs. So we're just going to go through this. First he says, oh my dove. And this is significant considering that she is just about to have a compromise in her life. You know, earlier on in this chapter, we're seeing, he's saying, rise up my love to come away. At the end of this chapter, we're going to get to it at the end, the last verse. She doesn't rise up and go with him, but yet he still calls her his dove. He says, Oh my dove. He still speaks to her affectionately. Mm -hmm. And so this is Yeshua. Even in our weakness, even in our brokenness, he's still speaking to us affectionately and he's calling us forth. We see this verse in Romans 4:17. speaking of Abraham, it gives us this truth that God calls those things which do not exist as though they did. So the bride here at this point, she's not reached full maturity, but yet the bridegroom, Yeshua, still says, he still calls her his dove. He still says, oh, my dove, you, the pure one, the, the one that has undivided attention toward me. Oh, my dove. So this is very significant, just, and it speaks hope to us that even in our place of not being fully there, you know, we all, mm -hmm. we all kind of hit that wall sometimes like, oh man, I, I, I failed again. I, I, I had a mess up there. He's still calling us forth. He's still speaking those things which do not exist, which mm -hmm. is our full maturity, that pure spotless bride. Mm -hmm. We don't, we don't fully we're not fully there, but yet he's still calling it forth in us. He's speaking those things which are not as though they were. Mm -hmm. And so we need to take that mindset on, even for our relationships, you know, to speak into people's lives. You know, this is not a matter of being dishonest. This is a matter of speaking prophetically, even mm -hmm. as he does to us, right. hope for where we're going. Mm -hmm. You know, yes, you're, you're a dove. Yes, you're a, a spotless dove. You have undivided attention toward your bridegroom. So just embrace that. Yes, you may have, you know, little flounderings here and there, but this is your identity. Mm -hmm. Who you are is where you're going. This is, you know, he sees us through an eyes of hope. And so that's, that's the encouragement in this phrase here. Yeah, I know that I've, you know, in seasons of, life that I've been through, it's been one of those things like, God, I really want to know you, but I just don't know how. And I, and I think that those are the seasons where we really need, like, where you just feel like you're distracted by things or you're busy, um, or, or you just feel dry, you know, it's just like, I just am having a hard time in the pursuit of you right now. And I think it's in those seasons that he really wants to say, I see that in you. Like, I know, I know it doesn't feel like you're walking in the fullness of it, but I see that. I see the desire that you have. I see the ways that you are trying to, to pursue me and stuff. And I, so I think that, you know, in those places, when you find yourself in those seasons of life, the last thing you need is, you 
yeah, man, you really are messing up. You know, I know you want it, but if, you know, you know, I really know you want a relationship with God, but you're just, you're just, you're totally missing the mark, you know, <laughs> like it's, that doesn't really help you because it just discouraged you more. You're already discouraged. And so, uh, but he comes in and he, he calls forth that precious thing that he sees. He says, I see it. I see the longing that you have to be near me. And I'm going to, I'm going to, concentrate on that and call that forth. And as he, you know, and as he does that, it comes out in us. And so I think that, you know, as Brayden said, I think that's something that's, that he's calling us to do with the people that we're around as well is to see those beautiful things, you know, yeah, there's struggles, you know, there's, there's struggles of why, um, why they're maybe not flourishing in some areas, but you know, the last thing we need to do is point out the struggles we need to you know, encouraged to pull out the, the beautiful, precious things that are there that are, are just trying to be let loose in their lives. <laughs> so, yeah. And I, I also, I can't help but mention our, our daughter is named, uh, from this verse, our daughter, Yamima Selah, our number four child. She, um, this is a song, this part of the song that while we were writing, it kept on going over in my head and actually had a dream, of um of a dove sitting in there you know there are these birds that sit in the wailing wall in the little cracks and crevices of the rocks there um of these huge these huge stones that the the wailing walls is built on and um so the dream was that there was this dove sitting there and it kind of backed up and the song was playing and for me, it was just a real picture of like that this dove, like it's, it's joy in life, the place where it wanted to be. Like there's, there's all kinds of places in the world where a, a bird could be, you know, it's like it could float all over the place. Uh, but this dove wanted to be in the cleft of the rock there. It wanted to be um, right where the presence of God was has been called forth like this is the place of the presence of God like this is where the presence of God dwelt and that's what that dove wanted to be I just want to be close I just want to be there at, near you closest to your presence than anywhere else and I just loved that that picture and so we named our daughter Yamima Selah which uh, Yamima is the word for dove or one of the words for dove and then uh, Selah is the word for like a big rock and so uh, so anyways that really spoke to us of of um, just that that heart of just wanting to to just dwell in his presence yeah close to where he is yeah so Continue on there. It says, oh, my dove in the clefts of the rock. As Tally's been talking about. So in the clefts of the rock, we see the rock there being a picture of our Messiah, Yeshua. So 1 Corinthians 10, 4, it says, and all drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. So here, this cleft rock is a picture of Yeshua who was cleft. You know, he, he says, uh, we see in John 19, 34, one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear and immediately blood and water came out. So Messiah, this rock was cleft. He was pierced. There was an opening in his side that provided a place of safety. His, the shedding of his blood provided this place of protection and safety for us. We even see with Moses in Exodus 33, 22 it says, so it shall be while my glory passes by 
that I will put you in the cleft of the rock and will cover you with my hand while I pass by. So this place of being hidden, it's in this cleft of the rock. And so here in Song of Songs, he's, the bridegroom is telling the, the bride, you're in this place of the cleft of the rock. You're, you're hidden in Messiah, you could say. Mm-hmm. And so this is a place of protection. So then we go on and it says, in the secret places of the cliff. And this word cliff could also, in some translations, they say in the secret places of the stairs, or you could say steep pathway. The Hebrew word is madragah, which means steps in modern Hebrew. Hmm. So in the secret places of the steps, you could say. And so the idea here is of a going up. And so symbolically, it's understood that these stairs or this steep pathway is a picture of resurrection. So it's also a mystery because it says in the secret place of the stairs, Mm -hmm. the secret place of the steep pathway. And so in resurrection, there's a mystery to that, right? There's this mystery of we're going to be resurrected. Our dead body is going to rise out of the dirt. You know, Yeshua himself rises from the grave after three days. And so the picture here is, yes, one, the bridegroom says you're in the cleft of the rock. You're in that place of the death of Messiah but you're also in that place of the resurrection in that, in that steep place of the cliff or that, that secret place of the cliff. And so it's being found in in both of those places of, of experiencing and relating to yes, the death, death, to sin Mm -hmm. in our lives, but also the resurrection power. Mm -hmm. And so this symbolically is speaking of both that the bride is seen as being in both of those places. And this is where, as believers, we need to find that balance, you know, death to our, our flesh, death to our sinful nature, mm-hmm. but then alive to God in that resurrection power. So this is our encouragement to you out there listening is that you be found in a proper balance of those two, mm-hmm. is that you die to yourself, live to God, uh-huh. you know, and that power of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then going on, it says, let me see your face, let me hear your voice, for your voice is sweet, and your face is lovely. This is a great verse for people who suffer from self-hatred. Because you know, <laughs> when, you're, when you're in that place of being found, you know, Yeshua said, abide in me. When you're abiding in Messiah, it transforms your lowly existence, you know, the, the base existence that we have apart from him. But when we're in him, we're beautiful. Uh, Moses prayed, let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us. And it's in this place, the bridegroom is telling the bride, oh, I want to see your face. I'd love to hear your voice. And this is a great remedy for rejection, a great remedy for Mm self-hatred. He loves to see you when you're in him, when you're in that place of the secret place of the cliff, when you're in that place of the cleft of the rock, hidden in Messiah, oh, there's a beauty that's upon you. And he loves to hear your voice in praise. He loves to hear your voice in worship. So die to yourself, live in Yeshua. Uh-huh. This, is the, this is the exhortation that's found here. And your voice will be beautiful to him. And, uh, and it just, it's an encouragement in prayer to know he desires to hear our voice. Mm-hmm. We're not just speaking into the air, but he loves to hear us worship him. He loves to hear our praises. And this should really inspire us to continue on in that life of praise. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, this is a, a necessary step in the in the relationship is just being able to hear these words, you know, being able to accept them that this. Yeah, this is the truth of what he's speaking over you, that he sees you as sweet and lovely. <laughs> you know, it's such a it's such a truth that we need to 
we need, it's part of the journey. We can't skip that step. You know, we can't think I'm going to get to spiritual maturity. I'm going to get to the fullness of what God has to me, but I can't see myself in that light. You know, I can't see myself in it as being loved or being sweet and lovely to, to my, you know, heavenly bridegroom. It's a, it's a part, it's the necessary step of it. Yes. So going on to verse 15, the bride prays here, catch us the foxes, the little foxes that spoil, or it also could be translated destroy the vineyards for our vineyards have tender grapes. So here we're getting clued into the fact that this is the beginning of the journey. This still, we're still in the first phase of growing in the relationship. And so the fruit is tender. It's, it's mm-hmm. susceptible to getting spoiled, mm-hmm. you could say. Immature. Yeah. <laughs> and so she's recognizing this. Oh, my vineyard is tender. It's, it's very prone to getting upset by these foxes that want to come in. And it's interesting that it points out foxes because foxes are not the big bear, you know, the big lion that's real obvious. You know, those could be likened to, you know, real obvious sins. Mm-hmm. When she says catch us the foxes, she's referring here to the little things, you know, mm-hmm. and these a lot of times in marriage, the things that kind of get you like we kind of wearing on each other and says like in our, in our uh, relationship with our heavenly bridegroom as well, these little foxes try to come in and steal the, the joy that mm-hmm. is meant to be had in our relationship. Mm-hmm. Just like, you know, if I do little things, the tally that annoy tally, it, it upsets our intimacy. It upsets <laughs> right. our relationship. Mm-hmm. Right. And so she's praying here, uh, Catches the foxes and, and really almost in a response to the bridegroom who's saying, let me hear your voice. And then she said, oh, well, I, yes, I'll, I'll pray. Catch the foxes. Take these little compromises out of my life because mm-hmm. I, I want to bear fruit. You know, Yeshua said, herein is my father glorified that you bear much fruit. Mm-hmm. So here are the bride. She's praying, oh, God, please deliver me from these small areas of compromise that is destroying the fruit. The Hebrew word there for spoil is actually the word mechabel, which is the modern word for terrorist, <laughs> to terrorize. <laughs> and like These little foxes are like these little terrorists that want to come in and <laughs> take the fruit that's growing in our vines. I mean, when I think of foxes, I think of something that's really cute. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> but this is not cute. <laughs> they call them petty sins, right? They're just right, oh, you know, right. you can it's like, oh, excuse it's a little them. Pet. Like, oh, it misbehaves sometimes, but it causes problems. <laughs> right. And foxes are known for being crafty, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's these little things that craftily try to sneak in, and they're also hard to catch, right? You know, a fox mm-hmm. getting into the chicken coop. It's it can be hard to catch it because it comes in the night. It comes when you least expect it. Mm-hmm. And so these areas of compromise, and Hebrews calls them besetting sins, these are things that we need to pray, just as the bride does here in the Song of Song. Catch us, these foxes. Oh, Yeshua, come and catch those little foxes that are trying to upset the intimacy that I'm to live in with Mm you. And so this is something we need. We can't do it on our own, basically. Mm -hmm. It's to be a prayer. Catch those foxes. Destroy them before they destroy me, you know, mm-hmm. and, and we can sometimes, I think, not reckon them as seriously as we ought to mm-hmm. because they're just so small, right? It, it could be issues of, you know, Lashon Hara, you know, speaking evil, issues of, you know, attitudes, things like this. They're not just flagrant sins. Mm-hmm. They're just you know, little small things, but, they're, but, they, but their intent, the enemy 
tries to get in and actually destroy the fruit in our lives yeah. with these little things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I also see that like, you know, it's kind of hard cause you're, you're talking about te- the tender grapes. There's like a place of immaturity. So it's, it's almost, it's, it's actually really hard to catch these foxes because number one, you have to acknowledge I'm kind of dealing with some spiritual immaturity here, <laughs> right. To like even catch them. Uh, and so I think that, you know, that's why it's so important to have the body of Messiah. Uh, it's like something that as a community and it's saying us, you know, let us catch, catch the foxes. It's like a group thing. It's not something that like, I'm going to catch the the foxes, you know, it's like, there's a us involved in it. And I think that that's really necessary when it comes to these things, because, um, these little foxes are the things that as a, as a community, as the body of Messiah, um, they get in and we have to figure out how to deal with the different levels of maturity in Messiah. And we need to learn how to go, okay, you're seeing little foxes. I don't even see the foxes. You know, I'm in such a, an immature place. I don't even see that. Is that a fox? You know, I, I don't know. I'm just seeing like just the need for the body of Messiah to do this right. together, to, to be in this whole thing of, okay, there's something causing problems here. There's some sort of havoc being wrecked in the body of Messiah here. What is this? You know, can we come together and look at this? Because we're, t- we're talking about tender grapes. We're talking about immature, you know, immature places here. Um, so we don't want to, you know, destroy the vineyard while we're catching the foxes. Yeah. I like that <laughs> right. the corporate view and yeah. you know, individuals may be, you know, a different place along the line, but then you have the corporate and you know, corporately, we're going to be a pure bride yeah. made ready. And so corporately, we're still very tender grapes, you yeah, know, because, yeah. you know, that we can tell just there's certain very obvious signs that we're not that pure spotless bride that Yeshua is coming back for yet. Right. You know, that maturity is coming, but right now our vines have tender grapes on them. So you got to, you got to deal tenderly. You've got to, you know, catch those foxes and, you know, get them out of the way. Right. So right. the bride can can mature. Yeah. Cause if you're killing the foxes and in the meantime, the, the vineyard's going to pot, then, <laughs> you know, I mean, as far as just in the midst of the destroying the foxes, you know, it's like, there's a, there's a tediousness to it. Like, okay, we got to catch the foxes, but we have to keep the vineyard still growing, right. <laughs> still maturing, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it sounds like it's a, tr- it's a bit of a tricky thing. <laughs> yes. So, uh, several years ago, you know, we've worked a lot in vineyards over the years over in Israel. And so, I actually wrote this song about these little foxes. So we want we want to play this song and just to um, just to help kind of process this whole thing of catching these foxes before they steal the fruit of the vines. Yeah, and this recording was done on Brayden's phone just a couple minutes ago. So <laughs> this is our our unprofessional, but it sounds nice. So here it is. There are little foxes in the vineyard. Let us catch them and kill them if we can Lest they steal the sweetness of the harvest That we've worked so hard to see here in this land We've come this far, let's see it to the end And when little offenses try to come in Still the love we were meant to live in 
Will we let them freely run to and fro? Draw a line in the sand and say no. There are little foxes in the vineyards. Let us catch them and kill them if we can. Lest they steal the sweetness of the harvest that we work so hard to see here in this land. We've come this far, let's see it to the end. So just another point on the f- this, this idea she's keeping the vineyard is that, you know, earlier on, we, we, she was grieving the fact that she had not kept her vineyard, right? My own vineyard I have not kept, right? Mm-hmm. So she's now at this place where she's seeking to keep her vineyard. Mm-hmm. And she's concerned that these little foxes are going to come in and spoil the fruit. And so now she's praying, God, help me to keep my vineyard. And so this is where we need to be, guarding the vineyard of our heart, guarding that vineyard of intimacy with the Lord. And so this is super important. One last verse on this topic. So in Ezekiel 13, 3, it says, Thus says the Lord God, Woe to the foolish prophets who follow their own spirit and have seen nothing. O Israel, your prophets are like foxes in the deserts. And so just wanted to draw this connection here that these prophets that Ezekiel is pointing out, they're following their own spirit. And we're talking about fruit here. And in order to bear fruit, we must follow the Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, Mm -hmm. joy, peace. You know, all the fruits of the Spirit. And so how important it is for us to follow the Spirit and not follow our own spirit. Mm -hmm. Because if we follow our own spirit, we're going to be like those foxes. Mm -hmm. We we ourselves could actually be these foxes that are spoiling (laughs) the vines. And so that's what these, you know, Ezekiel is saying. These prophets, they're, they're like foxes. And so... May God help us to be full of the Holy Spirit and to yield to that spirit and not our own. Mm-hmm. Moving on to verse 16, it says, My beloved is mine and I am his. He feeds his flock among the lilies. So I just want to, for a moment, look at this passage here. He feeds his flock among the lilies. Lilies symbolize purity and glory. We, you know, pure white lily, right? You know, he's feeding his flock in this place of purity. And this is something very attractive about our bridegroom is that he's pure, right? He is, he's altogether lovely. And so when he feeds us, when he feeds us from his word, when he feeds us with his presence, there's a purity in it. He's feeding his flock. He's feeding us, his flock among the lilies in this pure place. Also glory. We see Yeshua speaking of the lilies being of much more glory than Solomon, right? It says in Matthew uh, chapter six, it says, why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field. Consider, look at these lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. And so here lilies are a picture of glory as well. He's feeding his flock among glory. And so when we partake of him, when we partake of his word, we're being strengthened in purity. We're being strengthened in the glory of who he is. And so this is our, our call to feed. He's, we are his, he is ours. And uh, I, I just read a quote from uh, Charles Spurgeon a little bit ago. I've been reading some of his stuff on Song of Songs. He says, 
the man who knows, the man or woman who knows that they belong to Christ has every reason to dance between here and heaven. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but it was along those lines. And so, but we, you know that you belong to him and he is yours. You have the riches of this world. You have the highest riches of this world and every reason to rejoice. And so I just love that excitement that's there in that, just that he's ours. And then he feeds us. He doesn't, he hasn't left us to, to starve. He's feeding us. He's feeding us on glory and purity. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, here, the last verse here in chapter two, until the day breaks and the shadows flee away, turn my beloved and be like a gazelle or a young stag upon the mountains of Bater. So this is the point where the bride She's, she's realizing that for whatever reason, maybe it's that these compromises that she's noticing creeping up is keeping her from answering that call to rise up, right? Because as I mentioned earlier, the bridegroom's saying rise up, but she's at this point, she's saying, I, I just, I don't think I can. She's saying, turn my beloved, you go ahead and go and go on those mountains. Better actually means separation. Hmm. So she's saying, we're going to have to go into a season of separation here because I, I just don't see myself being able to go skipping over the mountains with you because I'm still dealing with these areas of compromise in my life. Mm -hmm. So this is kind of what you call, you may have heard this term, the dark night of the soul for the bride. She's realizing she's grappling with her own, her own issues. Saying, you just go, you just go jump over the mountains without me because I just need to, I've got to stay back here for now. Cause I just don't see myself fit to go. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you can see here until the day breaks and the shadows flee away. She's, she's living in somewhat of the shadow. And there's these shadows that are, you know, she, she's wanting the light to break through. Mm -hmm. I don't sense the rebellion in here as much as just a grieving that she's got these shadows she's still dealing with. Mm -hmm. And so Still waiting for the day to break there. Yeah, the day to break. Yeah, and so this is the longing of our hearts. When Yeshua calls us forth, may we ask him to shine the light and to get those shadows out, those areas of compromise, those besetting sins, so that we can. Later on, she, she answers the call. You know, mm -hmm. Later on, she says, I arose to mm -hmm. open for my beloved. She does end up obeying fully, but for now, she's grappling. She, she's not able to fully obey. Mm -hmm. So... Out there, wherever you are, may you be strengthening your spirit to obey the bridegroom where he leads you to not follow the example of, of the bride here. I mean, it gives us hope, right? That even though she did have this period of, of stumbling, you could say, but yet she ends up obeying. May you be strengthened to obey your bridegroom and to, to not, not allow him to stay on those mountains of separation for long, right? You want to rise up and answer his call to go forth. So be encouraged, be strong, and may you love your bridegroom more and more. Yes, yes. Don't be content in the shadows. Keep on going. This isn't the end of the story. So keep on pursuing your bridegroom. Amen.